This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Leicester Till I Die podcasts on the Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Anchor, and all podcast platforms. You are watching Leicester Till I Die TV with Chris and Chumps. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. All you need for everything Leicester City FC. It's Leicester Till I Die TV. Strap yourself in. Because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. everybody Jerry Taggart here now be sure to watch Chris and Lester Till I Die TV by subscribing on YouTube and following them on social media for all the latest Leicester City news and information come on you foxes good afternoon fellow Fox fans well when I say good in the greeting sense, not in the, <laughs> hasn't it been a good afternoon for the result? Far from it. But this is what you're you doing. You are watching right? Leicester Till I Die TV. And it's live. It is live. Unfortunately, I don't know if some of our players were live there this afternoon. Um, Leicester City 1, Leeds 3. Home form, let us down again. <laughs> We did. Well, I've got two people to join me this afternoon on the post-match show. We've got our usual reincarnation of Jesus Christ, Brad. He'll be joining us in a minute. Where was he when we needed him? Let's be honest with you. But I've got a special guest this afternoon. For those of you of a certain age, like myself, you'll remember this guy flying down the wing. And that is a certain Mr. Stephen Linex. So let's first of all say good evening and bring Steve, or good evening, good afternoon and bring Steve in. Good afternoon, Steve. Good afternoon, mate. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Yeah, good. Now, for those that are too young to, to remember, unfortunately, um, <laughs> I do very well. <laughs> but uh, you'll be remembered for, for the main, one of the main things you'll be remembered for, obviously, is the Shrewsbury FA Cup quarterfinal game when you were the smallest man on the pitch and <laughs> went in goal. You were our third goalkeeper that day. But this... 
this is the other thing that I remember you for, and it did take some digging out, and I thank Craig, our other uh, presenter, for helping me out on this, but some of you guys might just remember this. A bit of a wet one, that, wasn't it, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> I got presented with my blue badge for doing that after the game. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was called off not long after, was it? <laughs> yeah, the funny thing was, though, um, as soon as you got called off, uh, we went back on the pitch about 20 minutes later to do a bit of training. All the water had gone. <laughs> just isn't it? Just to, but I must admit, watching that always reminds me of this. I've got to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be Youngie that would knock me into the water. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> we all know what Youngie's like. Yeah, uh, anyway, guys, let us know your thoughts on the game. Try not to swear too much, but let's bring um, my my other colleague in, um, Brad. Good yeah, afternoon, uh, Brad. Afternoon, guys. Um, I've just got a quick question for Steve. Do you reckon you'd fancy coming out of retirement, mate, and going up front while Vardy's not there? I'd love to. Today? Absolutely love to. I know, that, that that was... in the body wood. Oh, dear. <laughs> that that <laughs> was just not right tonight. Just you not like the money, I bet, Steve, My young son, Sam, who's 20, he's faster than I was and more skillful, so really? I wouldn't mind sending him over there, yeah. Oh, get, get on the phone to Brandon, Steve, please, please. <laughs> I can't be doing with that up front anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm gathering from that that Brad wasn't very happy, so we'll let him calm down for a second. Steve, what were your thoughts overall on the game? First five minutes looked promising. Hmm. And then I think because the, uh, they scored so quick, uh, it just totally deflated Leicester. Um, I like watching Leeds because they're fresh. And I think they've always got three or four options when someone's on the ball. And um, I felt Leicester were too predictable, too um, too slow, hitting standing people instead of people on the run. So the wife's doing the washing at the moment. And I think I was watching the Tumblr drive for the last 15 minutes because I thought there was more action going on in there than it was on the pitch. I actually missed the um, equaliser, Brad. I was actually still typing up about the Leicester goal <laughs> in the chat, and I, and I, and I missed the equaliser. That's the way to do it, isn't it? Hit us back straight away. Yeah, and, and, and you know, at that point, you're thinking, oh, it's annoying. And, you know, even the best teams, it happens to you. You're most susceptible when you, you score to concede in the goal. And it's frustrating, and it was obviously something that, you can imagine the players and, and the manager would have noted themselves they weren't happy with because, you know, we had a very good record until tonight of, you know, being going in front. We hadn't lost the game. And I know all good things come to an end, but um, it was very frustrating. And it was sloppy as well because, we, we you know, when we took the lead, you thought, well, that's it. That's the balance of play. This is going to be another, you know, rematch of Allen Road where we beat them 4-1 because Leeds weren't in the game. And then all of a sudden, out of nothing, they got something. And, to be fair, apart from apart from a burst in the in, in the second half, we didn't really do much towards the leads after that. And you know, this is why we're looking at the result and talking about a defeat and not another win. Steve, they they almost uh, outlested Leicester, didn't they? Because uh, they did what what they do best, which is what we used to do best, and that's hit on the counter attack. Correct. Yeah, you look at when we won the uh, the you know the title and a few of the guys games this season when we are direct and go for it that's when you that's when you're a force and that's mm. what the good thing about with uh, Leeds today is when the guy on the ball got the ball he had three three or four forceful runners that he could pick out so they weren't predictable so you didn't know which one you know was the danger man yeah whereas you know I'm probably going over what I just said but Leicester they were predictable they were, you know, they weren't doing the runs, so Leeds didn't really have to work to stop the attacks or anything like that. 
I mean, Morley White there, who obviously is, is a Leeds fan, pleased with the win, would have taken a point all day long before the game. I mean, Brad, it was almost like Sky actually acknowledged the fact that we were finally the top six, a big six club, when when Sky said that Leeds hadn't beaten a big six club all season. That was like the kiss of death for us, wasn't it? Yeah, the typical commentator's curse, that, isn't it, when they come out and say that. And I've got to agree 100% with Steve there. The thing is, I think Leicester, you know, you know when they, we talk about, you hear them talk about Vardy, and it's like, it's easy knowing about it, the hardest thing is stopping it. Well, today, Leeds stopped us, because I don't remember, and I, I can't remember the last time I said this, but I don't remember hearing Harvey Barnes' name in that second half. After that goal, he was they, we could, because, like Steve said, we were predictable. They knew to shut out that left side, and I, I don't know. I mean, we'll get on to it. Obviously, at some point, you'll let me have my. You'll probably let the leash off and let me have a go at Perez, but uh, maybe we need to put someone like him. Maybe, you know, he he's more most effective when he gets that ball and he runs at the defense and he, he does it from the, he cuts into the middle. Maybe that's a sign that if we're not going to get a striker in the next forty eight hours or thirty hours or whatever's left of the window which apparently is clearly not, then um, maybe we need to stick someone else on that left and let him do that job while Vardy's out for the next game or two. A message for Ryan there, uh, who is actually, in fairness, he's neither a Leeds nor a Leicester fan, says, imagine yeah. losing to Leeds at home. All I'll say imagine, is... Imagine being below West Ham in the league, Ryan. Yeah. Think about your well, league position. First. I was just going to say, imagine coming third in a two-horse race. Yeah, <laughs> he's a Spurs fan, Steve. We know him. He's a Spurs fan. Yeah, <laughs> we, we he's an acquaintance to... of mine. I can't call him a friend because he's a Spurs fan. <laughs> he's an acquaintance of mine. Mark, Mark, Chawla, great to see Steve Lionex. Always fondly remembered. Certainly is, and fondly missed the, after after today. I mean, um, for the first twelve minutes, Steve, I thought we looked okay, uh, and Leeds were definitely the better team. They had the best of the first half overall, especially as they're hitting us back straight away with the equaliser was, was, was a good thing for them. But at half-time, I still couldn't see us losing that. Yeah, you couldn't see us winning it, I don't think, either. Because, mm. like you say, for the first five minutes, we done to Leeds what they were doing to us all throughout the game. We had three or four Wilford runners that, you know, created problems. Yeah. But later on after the game, I didn't think Leeds had to work at all because the way Leicester was so like, you know, they, 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 were, they were wearing divers boots. Yes. You know, yeah. to be honest, I, you know, I'm the same thing about Perez. I wouldn't play him up front. I'd put Barnes up front and play Barnes because Barnes then can go left and he can go right and he can, at least he's got the, the skill or the mobility to go at people. Whereas Perez likes the ball being played to him. Today he was a bit lightweight, I thought. I think, you know, I think my daughter had knocked him over today because as soon as he got the ball, he, any slight touch, he was, he, he was on the floor. I must admit, you, you saying that, I actually said the same thing, though, I must admit, about, about Leeds. Every time we went for a tackle, Brad, they went down and we, we were just giving away silly free kicks and it was virtually from the first minute to the 90th minute. Yeah, and you know maybe it's taking a defeat to to see it, but we've actually been doing that all season, giving away silly niggly fouls. I mean, for Farner and Justin being too impatient when Leeds were holding it in the corner, you know we're just too impatient and making silly fouls. You know, Mendy and Ndidi and Tillemans, that they're, they're they're the three main culprits in the middle for giving away niggly fouls. Sometimes they're sometimes they're sensible fouls. You know, you know when you take one for the team and that they're fine. But there were some areas on the pitch where I just found myself throwing my hands in the air and throwing my head back, going, "Why have you done that? You've just killed an attack." And yeah. it's frustration. And you know, in other games we've got away with it because our performance on the day has been better. And today it just was not up to code. It wasn't up to scratch. And you know. <sighs> It's just, it's just, it's really frustrating because Leeds yeah. were there for the taking after, you know, in them first fifteen minutes. You know, if we if we'd have held tight and 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 not conceded so early, it might have been a different story. But unfortunately, you don't win games on your fans and books. You 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 win them on what you do on the pitch, and yeah, yeah. we just lost it today. We just lost it today. I mean, you look at goal. You look at the goal. 
That was Barnes getting into a centre-forward position. That was Madison going, I know where he's going. I know where. Where would Vardy be? Where would a striker supposed to be? There. Oh, there he is, Barnes. Thank you very much. Harris didn't get in there once today. I mean, you made the point there, Stephen. It's a point that has been made by a few people about playing Barnes up front. Uh, I think sort of when it's been mentioned before, somebody said what we might gain from him being up front, we would lose by him not being where he was. But we've got the players that can replace where he is if we do put him up front, surely. Well, I thought so today. I thought he was too quick of um, taking off the other winger today, or Brighton. I thought he should have left him on longer. Because the substitutions he made didn't really change anything the way Leicester played. Mm. So I'd have kept the wingers on longer and then gone through that route. It is. And we made the change. Uh, I mean, we, we could have been 2-1 up. It was it was offside, clearly, Perez's strike. Um, I, did, I did get quite excited. Changes at half-time. Straight away, um, there was a stop. Sancho came on for Brighton, went three at the back. And for a while, Steve, we seemed to take the, the game by the scruff of the neck. But again, it, we, and I know Brad hates me quoting stats, but we, but we had 18 shots in the whole game, but we only had eight on target. And that's surely sort of leading to our downfall. Well, that's to me, that's the problem now with modern football. You keep coming up with all these stats and wherever, and you look at that. Mm. And then at the end of the day, you look at the result, you've lost 3-1. You could have 46 yeah. shots, you could have the ball for 88 minutes, but you still lose. So, modern football yeah. to me, I think is they're going down different routes to try and make it sound exciting. Because I'm an old-style player, I'm an old-style whatever. If you yeah. watch the top six play, they all play the same way. There's no variation, there's no nothing. If you watch match of the day, the first game that comes on, and then you watch the fourth game... It's it's virtually the same. Yeah, it is. Um, so we made we made we made the change because then I thought we we came back into the game a little bit then, Brad. But we just didn't kill it off, and they they got they were the better team, weren't they? They deserved the three points today. Yeah, they did. I mean, they could have come in at half time two two or three one up, and you wouldn't have argued with it because. As good as we looked when we had the ball at, at, at times and at half, we just did not do it enough. And you, you make that point about the, the the top sides in that division, which you know we are there on merit, and and you know we're we're up there in, in the upper echelons for what we can do going forward and how quickly we can do it. It is clear that our main problem is you, you find with Man City and and Liverpool and and any team that's like that around the world, they have a front three. We have mm. a front two. And a bit. I, I, I don't understand what's under got to do to get a start because for me, I, I agree with Steve. Albrighton didn't do too much wrong, but I would go Barnes up front. I'd put Albrighton on the left because obviously he's been on the left for us before. He was vital on the left for us throughout the seasons before. I would go under on the right and I'd, I'd tell Perez to go and see if buy Leverkusen want an extra winger to compete with Gray or something because I just don't see his purpose in this team anymore. I've been saying it for a long time, and 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 I, my patience has now officially gone with him. I mean, there's, I, he's got to play a. You've got to have a fearsome three these days in the Premier League with the modern day football, and we have a fearsome two in Barnes and Vardy. Now we need to get that. We need to get it sorted whilst Vardy's not available, and we just don't have it. I think it's the uh, the understanding. I think uh, you've yeah. got it when Vardy's on the pitch. Because yeah, all do. Brighton, all Brighton's not going to take you on. You'll get the ball, you'll do one touch, and he'll whip the ball in. Now Perez doesn't react to that. He only reacts when the balls come in. So really, you should be known as soon as all Brighton gets the ball, he knows what he's going to do. He's going to take a touch. He's going to whip it in. I should be on the move. But what's been happening mm. is that he watches him get it. He's standing there watching it, and then when he delivers the ball yeah. in, that's when he starts to make his run. And that's yeah, and he still sort of finds a way to be offside. He still yeah. finds a way to be outside when he does it right. It's like, for God's sake. Yeah. I mean, I'll come back to you, Steve, because Tony's asked this uh, about your thoughts in a nacho. And I, I said this the other week, and I actually sat there today for the second game running thinking, hmm, should we bring a nacho on? And I know Brad's <laughs> had that thought a couple of times, but is he the answer, Steve? I don't think you can 
say can he be the answer because he doesn't get enough game time. Mm. I think you have to give a guy enough game time to get into a routine. You know, he could be twice the player he is if he had the time and he had the players around him. Yeah. You know, there seems to be a lot of too much switching and swatching and, you know, re- yeah, I mean, yeah, you bring somebody on for 10 minutes, you, you might not even touch the ball in that 10 minutes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Were you calling out for him today, Brad? I was. I was screaming out for him. I was with the commentators saying, oh, it looks like Ineacho should come on because Perez has stopped offering anything to Leicester. I mean, I don't know what point he was offering anything to us in that game. And before people come out in the comments that may have been following this channel since it started, I'm not just slating Paris for the sake of it. I, I would never come out and, and, and say that about a player if I didn't think they weren't performing at a level for our club. At the end of the day, you just need to have that initiative, like Steve said, which we get from Barnes and you get from Madison when they're clicking, and you get from Vardy, that they go, I know where this is going. I've got an idea where it's going. So if I get there, I'm going to get there. And you know what? I will say this, there was a few chances we had from players that you don't normally see scoring a, t- a hat full of goals, like Ricardo with Justin and Fafana up there. But at least they were in the positions when the ball came to them. And yeah, their experience in front of goal or you know, being not being a striker, I guess, and not having that ability naturally, they hesitated a bit at some chances and maybe didn't hit them as clean as, as someone like Vardy or any other striker or Barnes as a winger would. But they were more effective. And that says, that says a lot about our striking options. If three weeks ago, Chris, me and you were thinking in the actual career's done. Now we're hoping he's an SOS and comes in and does a job for the next two or three games. What does that say? What does yeah. that say? See, yeah. I think it goes down to um, the individuals that's playing. You've got Bardi. Definitely. Everybody knows Bardi's strengths. They play to Bardi's strengths. With mm. Perez, I don't think the players in the squad or the players in the team know what Perez's strengths are. So... That's that's the problem. They don't know whether to give it him to feed. They don't know whether to knock it down the line because the guy, you know, and I don't think I might have all just, you know, a boy coming on the show and saying this, but he just stands there flat-footed. Yeah. And, you know, even the slowest defender is not worried because he knows the ball's in front of him and Perez is not going to turn. He's not going to run at you. He's, he's not a threat. Should that not be down to Rodgers, though, and the training team and sorting that out on the training pitch? I think it should be, oh. yeah, Brothel. You can't keep playing a player if he if he doesn't show anything different. Mm. Now, to me, the games he's played, he hasn't showed anything different. He's been the same on the pitch every time we've watched him play. He doesn't vary anything. He doesn't bring anything any change to his game. So he is predictable, and you would know you wouldn't be worried by him if you saw his name on the on the team sheet. No. So, Brad, we've got Fulham on Wednesday, and we all know what <laughs> Fulham are capable of against us. Um, this is, you, <laughs> I can't believe I am saying this, and no disrespect to the guy. And, and I, and I, when we signed him, as I always say, I love the fact that we signed him. But we've got we've got to put an actro on, haven't we, and try something different. Got to try anything dis- different. Uh, Danny Ward up front, Morgan up front. Go back to the night, is stick so short front, do a Martin O'Neill. I don't care. As long as it's not Perez, I'm sorry. Like I said, I'm not I'm not apologizing for my reaction towards Perez in today's game because, you know, like Steve said, he's not done it since day one here at the club. He's never kicked on, he's never done it in whatever position he's played in, no matter how much game time. Is if this doesn't justify them people that come out and say he doesn't play in his natural position, well, it doesn't matter where he plays, he's static, he falls over his own feet. He's sloppy. He doesn't anticipate things. He is not a standard player that you want in a side that is challenging for, let's face it, we're challenging for Champions League. Whether we we're going to come out in the media and say it or not, which the club obviously aren't, you know, going to play it hush and let it go under the radar and let the media do the work. But the club are pushing in the right direction. And I'm sorry, he's just not up to that calibre. Maybe he should go back to Newcastle because he might actually look half decent there because he's not got the calibre to push a side on. And like Steve said, it was practically like Leeds looked at that team and went, well, at least we've got a weakness in Perez because if he gets the ball, they don't even know what they're doing with him. I mean, there's a reason he sets up Barnes over Perez for the goal because he'd rather give it Barnes knowing where he's going and what he can do with it than going, well, if I give it Perez, he might stumble, he might fall over and lose the ball. Right. <laughs> Perez is a huge fan of... Uh, sorry, Brad is a huge fan of Perez, Steve. <laughs> yeah. 
Perez apparently is a huge fan of Brad, but you know, we'll, we'll, oh. we'll, we'll be back just after this quick break. This is Leicester Till I Die TV. Subscribe to us on YouTube. I mean, Steve, what does it say about us as a team when we get a free kick just outside their box and they score from it? That's another thing as well, I think. Um, you've got Madison taking everything, taking free kicks, taking corners. There's no variation, whatever. Um, a couple of them that he took today, you know, the lightweight balls nowadays, the lightweight boots, you should, you know, you should be hitting where you where you want it to go. And we, I think we felt short on quite a few today. I mean, it's not bad, is it, the, the, the Madison that we've come to know that, you know, I can remember, we all remember the 9-0, that free kick top corner. He was doing that all the time. And we thought he was coming back slowly with a glimpse a couple of games this season. But it, it, it's not happening for him, is it? No, it's not. And sometimes the longer it goes on, the the, the worse things get for, for things. And um, at the end of the day, I, I said it a while back, and, I, and I, I've said it on a few statuses and that, and I've made the point even further, take the responsibility off him. If it's not set pieces, if you're telling me out there, uh, the lads that train with the first team can't take a free kick and he's the best we've got, then fine, keep him on it. If, I, if that's the best we've got, I don't want to see what anyone else can do from that situation. But there's got to be someone, and I know there's someone better in that club that can deliver a ball in from a corner. All Brighton's a perfect example. His crosses, when he gets it, I mean, we've taken a few short corners as well this season. I'm sure him and others have been involved in it, where the ball's been laid off to him. They've whipped in a a hundred times better ball than Madison's from the dead ball. So why are we consistently piling the pressure on? He's marshalling the midfield as it is. Let him concentrate on that. And then maybe we'll see a free kick hit the back of the net or at least make it over the wall. Because he needs to take... His, his, he can't be a pack mule. Take the weight off his shoulders. And then maybe we'll see them get better and improve. Steve, I know we've lost today. Um, it was the first loss in seven. Leicester have come that far in the past few years that that we do get wound up by a game like this. But was it just a bad day at the office? I think um, Leeds had a a good thing to do with it. The way they the, the way they played and the way they closed it down. But that's all you're asking Leicester to do. I think, um, and I keep going back to modern day football, there's too many footballers dropping back into a line and just standing there thinking, all I've got to do is stand in the line. There's no pressure on the ball. You know, you have to be in people's faces. You have to make people make mistakes. Um, you had Man City for years and years that nobody could play against them because they all dropped back into banks of fours and fives thinking, this is fine. But then mm -hmm. you find over the last year or so, when you get at them, get in the faces, press them higher up in the pitch. And I felt Leicester dropped off too far too early today and let Leeds do what they wanted to do. And they couldn't cope with the two or three runners that were off the ball. And that's all you're asking Leicester to do because when Leicester do that, they are so good when they do it. So today, there was no runners today. Well, and I mean, like, Brad, you know, we'll go back to the Chelsea game. And I, I know I, I say this an awful lot, but it was almost like watching Brazil. And... Today, it was almost like watching Costa Rica. It, it's amazing how a team, and I know, you know, we, we, the top six let us play more of our own game, but, you know, we've, we've got to start getting a proper plan B, haven't we? Yeah, we do. And, and look, I've seen a few comments flash up today, and there was one that's actually made quite a point that I'd like to bring up or get on to at this point if you haven't got it in your notes, Chris. And, um, you know, it wasn't just Perez that was at fault today for the result, but he's a main concern in the area that we rely on. Because when, when Leicester do exactly what Steve says and they look good and they flow the ball forward and they press, they need that killer instinct and Perez just isn't doing it. But there was other players today that let us down today. You know, the defend, yeah, defending was, um, you know, defending was, was, was a part to blame. I have a concern I raise about Johnny Evans when we come round to it. Um, but 
it's just one of them. At the end of the day, we knew what Leeds were capable of. They've come up teams, you know, even when they lost 6-1 or 6-2 to United, was it they lost? They got battered off the pitch, but they still kept going. You wouldn't have known the scoreline looking at the way they're doing it. And we knew what we were expecting. And today, we were second to everything. And that's, you know, you can't have a 10-15 minute spell when you're 2-1 down at home and expect to get the result because you should be 2-1 up. And, you know, you should be seeing that game out like Leicester have done over the course of the season more times than not. I said in the pre-match show, Steve, that Leeds very much remind me of Tottenham under um, Aussie our dealers, which was like, you know, we might let two in, but we'll score three. We might let three in, but we'll score four. And that's almost kind of Leeds mentality at the moment. And as Brad's just said, they don't stop coming at you. I think that's the excitement over the last couple of seasons, because if you look at Sheffield United last year, they're exactly the same. Nobody could handle them because they played to their strengths and their style of play. Wolves last year were the same. Now, I don't know what they're doing if they're trying to change things and become and play like the top six and wherever. And then you can see the teams, that's why they're in the positions they are. And I think Leicester's got to say to themselves, we've got a style of play that we need to stick to and play. But we have to have the players in the squad that could come into the team and do exactly the same thing. At the moment, it's, it's just one way. You're just relying on Vardy and the style of Vardy. When Vardy plays, Leicester's good. But then yeah. now you find out when Vardy's not playing, there's nobody in the squad that can, you know, can change things or anything or bring anything different because you're still trying the same build-ups. And, you know, you, today, I think they were looking for Perez, but mm. you couldn't find him because he came too far back. And when he did do it, he lost it or he fell over. And I can't yeah. keep, you know, slating the guy. I can only say what I saw today. Yeah. And today, I think he deserves every comment he got because he can't hold his hands up and say, I tried. I can't hold his hands up and say, I was on my feet. I did some running because it wasn't there today. He, he needs hungry, hungry players. You need hungry players. He certainly could, yeah. And and he certainly needed Velcro on his shoes um, <laughs> to try and get that ball to stick to them. 31 hours, Brad, we've got, possibly to get another striker in that would help us. I mean, we've left the back door open, have we not, Brad? I mean, looking at the table there, we could have gone second. Liverpool, slightly better goal difference than us. They win their game in hand and... The, the, you know, we're, we're down to fourth. West Ham are, are, are on a good run at the moment. Even Spurs, with a couple of games in hand, would be on the same points as us, which seem to make life just so difficult for ourselves. Yeah, I guess in a way, if you want to smile about it, we don't do things the easy way. It's, t it's always been a typical Leicester, probably even back in, in Steve's days from, from what I've seen of you know videos and, and, and stuff of, of years before my time. You know, Leicester don't like to do it the no, easy way. I can't feel very old now. <laughs> well, no, what it is is you see, guys, I'm very young, so I, you know, it's just you guys aren't old. I'm just, I'm just a very youthful person, and you guys were just before my time. Yeah, remember, I just said just. So, but yeah, the point is, obviously, Leicester. You know, yeah, well, I'll get the JCB out and keep digging at this rate. But you know, and, and it's one of them. And look, they've got to play each other. They've got to be in the mix. Nothing, you know. The media will probably, you know, finally say, "Way well, we don't have to at least once every 100 seconds mention Leicester are in a title race because they're going to fall apart now. Sheffield United beat Man uh, Manchester United. You know, Manchester United only just beat Sheffield United. They've got to play each other. And yeah, I know we've got to play them at some point. But it's been, an, it, teams are going to drop points at, at some points in this season along the way and they're going to keep dropping points. And, and you know... It's, it's disappointing when you lose a game like this, but the, let's, not under, let's not forget the work that we've done up until this point. We got a very good point against Everton. We we hadn't lost in in eight games in the league, and we are still third in in the league until you know until we know the Liverpool uh, West Ham result, and that could still go in our favour. You know, we could still be third come the end of this. So you know. We're getting our stress out. We're throwing, you know, we're throwing our toys out the out the pram, as the saying is. I want to say stroller, uh, but it is what it is. It's all about the reaction now. That's all we can do. We can do here and let people let off steam about a very poor and abject performance, which it was. And it's not just from one person who we talked about a lot in particular. There was, there was a few players that deserve a bit of a rollicking today for it. But we've got to go again. We've got to do something, and hopefully. 
whatever the plan is, we get someone in in that transfer window in the next 30 odd hours that's going to offer us something there. Because if the plan's not to play in the Acho or Barnes there, he's got to be bringing in someone with the intent to, to, to do that role. Because if not, like a few people have said, that could be our stumbling block. And that could be the difference between why we're not quite yet ready to be saying we're we're in with the big boys for, in regards to a top four side. I definitely think we're a top six side, but not a top four side if we don't fix them problems. I think to be honest, I think to be honest, I think you know everybody's going about you need strikers. There. I think I think you need somebody nasty. I think you need mm, a nasty player yeah. on the pitch, uh, like Martin Henderson. You know Liverpool, not everybody's cup of tea, but the desires there. You can see him rollicking and you can see him shouting people. So you and whatever you, I'm probably his name wrong, but you can see him. You know, motivating players. Nobody on the pitch today that I saw from the Leicester side was trying to shout or motivate any other player. They were just accepting every decision, every ball that went wrong, everything. Just there was no leader on the pitch today. That's that's my this that's is, my view. This mm. has been, yeah, and it's it's a, it's a it's a view that's been mentioned a few few times. You've got the, the the person with the most passion, the captain is Schmeichel, who's, who's Stuck in the goal, and he can't necessarily get his message all over. We 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 haven't got a Wes Morgan at the moment. Um, it will be interesting to see. I remember this time last year, Steve, we were bemoaning the fact that we we didn't bring anybody in, and we just bought one um, defender that couldn't even get into a, 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 a the Wolves' first team, and that possibly cost the Champions League. I dread. That that could happen this year. Although having said that, I believe we're in a better position. Um, I, I'm I'm still hoping for Eduardo because he does play a little bit like a little bit like Vardy, and and, and uh, Brendan knows him from Celtic, of course. Yeah, but there again, you know, are you bringing in the same kind of player that's going to be reliant on that one player? I think, to be honest. Um, it's systems and attitudes I think you need to work on more than signings at the moment. Because mm -hmm. if you haven't got that that firing on the pitch, no matter who you bring in, you'll still have the same laboured movements, you'll still have the you know, the laboured acceptance yeah. if, you, if if that's if that's a phrase. Yes. So I think it's it's more motivation now that you want it more. Because yeah. at the moment the only thing that's making it hard or a good season is that everybody on the top six are beat they're all being beaten they're all beating each other there's no runaway teams but you only need one or two teams to come to form now with that bit of regression they'll they'll they'll, they'll run away with the league i mean brad we very very good point that steve made there you know we've bemoaned some of the performances we've had man united had some really bad performances at the start, came good, went on a good run, lost to Sheffield United. Um, Liverpool lost the other, other, other day, forget who it was to now, but any, anybody can be anybody in there. And I know West Ham are holding Liverpool 0-0 and doing us a favour at the moment, but <laughs> it is going to be one of those, just who knows what's going to happen this season. Yeah, and I think from a, no a, a neutral, that's a new word, a neutral's point of view, if you're looking at that league table and you're not supporting one of them teams that are in and around the, the, the top six places, you're looking at it and going, well, I, I, you take one thing out of this and maybe even from a Leicester's fan point of view, you can see it. At least it's good enough to see the Premiership back to its competitive best because the last few seasons have kind of ghosted by for a title race. It's literally been Man City mm -hmm. or Liverpool and either one of them... As, and in part, has, has ripped the league apart. So it's not really been that competitive towards it. And it, it, it you know, from, like I said, from a neutral perspective, it's definitely good to see that the league's so competitive. And like I said, Liverpool have already dropped points and they'll drop points more more through the season as it goes on. And Man United will. And I, I actually think Man City will. They'll, 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 they'll hick up, um, you know, they'll drop points. And it's all about what you do. When, when when teams do that, and unfortunately today we didn't take advantage of it, but it it is what it is, and, and you go forward as it is. To go to the point that, that you know that you and Steve have made about the captain, just quickly, I, I think maybe Leicester City. You know, I always come on as an ex keeper, and I, I know you know obviously Stevie's had you know he's an ex keeper these days with his one appearance in goal for us. <laughs> um, it, it you know, Casper you know does see the play 
on a level and on an eye line that other people do. And some of the greatest captains have been goalkeepers, you know, Casillas and Buffon or two, just straight off the bat I can think of. But I think you need a secret captain. And by that, I mean, maybe at certain points in exchanges of play, you've got, Casper doesn't, Casper keeps that quiet and lets Madison command it or Tillemans command it. You know, at certain stages of play, I think you need a different style of leader. And maybe we have a secret captain in, in a sense that, when we're going forward, that's the voice they're listening to. I think, to be honest, God, you know, I'll go, back, I'll go back to the days when I played, you know, and I, I don't think if I'm wrong in saying this, but if we came off the pitch half-time and we were all quiet and doing whatever, you know, you'd get a slap round the ear off Jock Wallace. Yeah. You'd get a slap off round the ear off Alan Young. You know, any guy would come round and say, oi, whack you round the back of the head, get your finger yeah. out, come on. And I think... In society, the way things are going and the snowflakes around and you can't say this, you can't do this. I think that needs to change on a pitch. I think you have to be, you know, you look at your Graham Soonishes and things like that and you, yeah. you, you're Roy Keynes. They're players that you need now. I know you can't tackle anymore to like you used to, but if you saw that verbal aggression, if you saw that verbal or you saw that determined run, you think, okay, we can. We got beat by the better team today, but mm. you know Leeds weren't that much more better than Leicester. It's just that they, the way they commanded the game, running off the ball, and the, they were more determined. You could see the determination in the runs and the shouts. Whereas if your camera went on to a Leicester player, you know he, he was counting to the the blades of grass on the floor. He was looking down at his feet. I, I think the point I was, I was I made just before uh, you may have missed it, but. Somebody I hadn't thought of uh, as a possible captain, but Jamie Vardy. Would you say yes or no, Steve? Jamie Vardy, you know, he's, he's came through the lower leagues. Hmm. He's got the passion. And that's that's what you need. Yeah. You know, uh, you want players with a passion. And I'm against laying off modern footballer, but is there too, too many foreign players? Is there too many yeah. foreign players that play to a certain style, they do whatever? That's when yeah. we were good. You know, when we when you had you had the majority of homemade players where local derbies mm. were local derbies and you had the aggression you had you ever. I think that's where the games start to move away from in modern days, but I still feel you need a bit of that injected. Because, you know, it's a bad game for Leicester today. They're not yeah. gonna be they're not never mentioned in the top six, which is good. It keeps the pressure away. And I'm not too worried so much at the moment because you're still in with in with the pack and still doing it. It's towards the end of the season when, if the situation is tight and you're still three or four games, that's when you need to say, right, bang, everybody has to be at it. But yeah. at the moment, there's more players not at it than there is at it. Steve, we always do at this time, and Brad will, will know what's coming here, and uh, I'm, I'm letting him off two weeks with the, with the stats post, but I have a gentleman called Alan who uh, always rates the team's performance for me, rates the managers, and picks the man of the match. And in fairness to him, he, Brad will know this, he'd only, only give him literally the final whistle goes and he sends it me within two minutes. So he is very, he, he doesn't have a lot of time to go away, think about it, try and be fair. It, it is his initial thoughts. But Brad, first of all, come to you. Alan, this week, um, he's gone for Schmeichel as man of the match, which... To be honest with you, he made some excellent saves today. Um, four for the manager, five for the team. Has he got it right this week? I think on, like you say, because Alan does this directly from pretty much the full-time whistle, I think off a, off a nerve and a knee-jerk reaction to, to, to the result and, and the way it's panned out, I can't argue with his ratings. And I, I think Sir Michael's hands-down man of the match. The one thing I would say is, I'm probably going to get shot down in flames for this and I'm probably going to get called all the names under the sun for this. But I actually don't think Brandon did much wrong. There was a comment that came in earlier that I managed to quickly pre-read that someone said when he changed it to that five at the back when we're defending and you know, it became a, th a five in midfield when we were going forward. If that was Vardy up front, we've seen it before, mm. you know, and it was during that spell when we had, uh, you know, five, you know, we played three at the back with wing-backs, where we did control the game, trying to get that equaliser. Had there been Vardy on the pitch, it probably might have just worked. And 
I don't think Brendan was as bad, got as much wrong as people may have think just because we lost three wrong one because like I think it was Steve that said um you know Leeds actually weren't much better than us but they just had that extra oomph about them and that's why they've got mm. the result that they've got today they weren't in a different class it wasn't like they outplayed us for 90 minutes because we did have spells in that game where we were in control of it I just think they got the edge on us on a lot more things and looked a lot more impressive. But I don't think the manager's rating, I think that's a little bit harsh, but I don't think I'd go any higher than a six for anything today. Because I do think the team was let the, let, let the manager down with, with some of the performances on the pitch. I do, I do agree with you because, uh, and the Sky guy did as well, when we made that change at half-time um, with um, Soyuncu coming on for Brighton, the change of formation, that was probably our strongest period um, up until then getting the second goal. Just to finish on, Steve, do you agree, Schmeichel, man of the match? I do um, this game, for the, the games, yeah. you know, the, the saves he made. But um, yes. going back to what you just said there, you know, the changes were made more defensively than forward, if, you, if, if that oh. makes sense. And I felt that's where you needed the opposite way round. You needed to be more attacking, attacking wise, and like for the first five minutes, Leicester had got that. But when Leeds hit them and scored, and then Leeds were breaking and breaking and breaking, Leicester couldn't handle it. Now it's usually the other way around. Leicester doing that, and today, unfortunately, that didn't happen for some reason. Leicester didn't do what Leeds did. Would you say, Steve, it's a case of, and, and, and I've used this in past seasons as well. But would the real Leicester turn up? So, with the real Leicester put their hands up, I should say, is the same because you don't know one week to the next what you're going to get. That again, I feel, goes to what they did work on in the week. Hmm. I think um, a lot of managers now they try and change formations, to try and uh, change patterns of play that suit the opposition they're playing on the day. And I think sometimes that shoots you in the foot because you take away what you're doing, what you're good at. Yeah, and I think if Leicester stay and keep doing what they're good at, like when they won the, you know, the Premier League before, like Sheffield last year, like Leeds are doing now, Leeds have got no, you know, they're not scared. They don't, they don't change anything. They just keep doing what they're doing and doing. And I think that's the the frame of mind that Leicester need to go in now. Let's play how Leicester play. Don't worry about anybody else. Let them worry about us. And I feel that's happening a lot, not just at Leicester, but every club so far that changes formations and changing things to suit the opposition they're playing, that's where they shoot themselves in the foot a lot. Yeah. Steve, I'm going to let you go because I appreciate you. You've been on here a while. It's been absolutely fantastic having you on. We always love having an ex-player on because it, it shows that we have absolutely no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> Sometimes I don't, to be honest, as well. You know. <laughs> Hey, you my, know, a lot more. My, my son keeps digging me, saying, "Oh, you, you, you played in the olden days. This is the modern <laughs> game." But you, you know. need to remind him you played in the proper days when um, football was when football. Were made of leather, and and you had flippers on your feet at some games, didn't you? That's right. Yeah, not playing <laughs> on these carpets and that now, and hairstyles <laughs> that never move in the rain, the snow, the wind, whatever. You know, it's, it's an Steve. old boy talking old day football. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for coming on, Steve. You will come back anytime you want to. Just give me a message. It'd be great to yes. have you. On. And yeah, you did yes, come on, Steve. It's good having thank you, you on. Thank you. You got score right last week, Steve. You didn't get the score right this week. I oh, know that was my first one last week. I was well chuffed <laughs> with that. <laughs> I thought I'd get it right this week, but no, no chance. Thing is, if you look at it going back, I don't think any of us has got more than one right. So no, don't don't worry, Steve. You you take care of yourself, stay safe, and hopefully we'll chat again soon. Thank you very much. Looking Thanks forward for to coming. Yeah, Steve. Bye bye bye. So a big big thank you to Steve there. What a lovely guy and lovely for coming on. Um, so, Brad, it's transfer day on Monday. Are we going to do any activity? Oh, it doesn't sound like it, does it? I mean, I know managers these days, you know, to, to, to coin a phrase of someone that's just left the room, it, in the modern day football, yeah, managers don't tend to give away too much. I mean, we heard talks that he'd like to bring in someone for Pratt being injured. 
uh, I think maybe you did miss him today because you just needed to be able to switch that urgency up. And I think if you'd have took Perez off for someone of Dennis Pratt's ability and capability and what they can do on, on, on the pitch, you might have got a different result. Um, I, I just think maybe the striker situation is we know what the January transfer window can do to prices. It, it's more inflated than a Brexit transfer. transfer. So, you know, um, I don't, I just don't see us bringing in a striker of caliber because you're also remembering you're not just you're not bringing him in for six months are you if you're bringing in a striker you're also bringing him in with the intent that maybe next season Vardy's not going to play as much he's going to play less and less less as time goes on and that's just that's just natural of any footballer the the older they get the less time they get and then sometimes you get a case like you know Thierry Henry's and I'm not putting him on the same wavelength but I'm just saying players like Terry on reason, you know, and, and Jamie Vardy's that, that, that can play well into their 30s. Uh, and there's other players I could think of, for example, but I just named that, that one because the first one pops in my head. That can go an extra couple of years past what you'd probably say is their expiration date for playing 90 minutes week in, week out. Um, you, you, you're looking at a first-team option and, and the players we've been linked with, apart from Eduardo, who Celtic might as well just pack the season in now, let's face it. They're that far behind Rangers. They're going back to the 90s. They're that far behind. Is there anyone that's going to leave the club they're at with what they're doing and come on and step in and do a job for three or four games a season, 20, 15-minute sub-appearances, and then hopefully take over in, in, in that player's head? He'd be expecting or hoping to get the time on the pitch. I don't think so. Can you attract that in the summer? Certainly, if we get yeah. Champions League. <laughs> Bring this in, sorry, Brad, just to interrupt yeah, you. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. Um, Rogers, uh, Josh, uh, Rogers has said he's confident we are buying an attacking midfielder, he's just said to Ian. I presume well, that's, uh, that's the uh, And L- Lee, is that? Lee, w- Brendan has said post-match we're close to a signing. Um, I think it's Perez is past his breast and Eduardo... Isn't good enough. Well, we will see. We will see. We've got like 30-odd hours now um, to decide. We're back Monday, aren't we, Brad? We're back Monday. Yes, Yes, we are. We will will not be having uh, sex toys in in the cameras being shoved in our faces when we announce an 11 o'clock sign-in or anything like that. You speak for yourself, mate. I've got. <laughs> well, you might, mate. You might have one thrown at you, but I'm I'm not speaking of that. But yeah, we will be doing our own transfer show from nine from nine o'clock. Is it, Chris? Well, I think we're, gonna, we're looking at about quarter to nine now because we're having about to fit a few nine. people in. But um, yeah, if that's okay with yourself, there was actually yeah. a thing just recently, totally sidetracking off football altogether. I think it was a BBC, and they were interviewing someone. She had a bookshelf behind, as people tend to on these Zoom chats and what have you. And actually, on about the second shelf down, she'd left a dildo on there. Out, she was on a full show. So hey, let's not make any promises. Let's not make any promises. I don't no, think. That's I'm, not. Can Amazon get me one by tomorrow? We will see. <laughs> we will see. Brad, thanks very much, mate. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. And uh, again, I know he's hopefully he's just still sat there watching in the background. Thanks to Steve for coming on. It was great to have such an insight, you know, with with ex players coming on. It's great. Come on, yeah. I'm going to be back at six thirty with the opposition view show. It's going to be a busy night on Monday. So six thirty, we've got the opposition view, and then eight forty-five. Um, the two Ronnies here, me and Brad. Um, it's like it's like and I'll, I'll, just an announcement. I can't tell you, but something drastic will be happening. Something drastic oh. will be happening after. Do you remember a statement I made? Yeah. Well, now it's happened. The Messiah well, must have the second coming. I'm afraid. We will see. Because so. at the moment, I do feel a bit like that TV show, like you know, the devil and Jesus. Uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you might see a fresh. You will definitely see a fresh race uh, during the last hours of transfer window. I'm hoping I'm not the only fresh-shaven face. I hope that's no. not the only thing we see of all any activity we hear 
through the well, window. But yeah, we're going live at eight forty-five at nine fifteen at the moment. This is the list. We're going to be joined by Matthew Mann. He co-wrote Barry Pierpoint's um, book with him, and he knows an awful lot about Leicester. So we'll be talking for him briefly about good and bad signings in the past. Uh, Julian Watts, ex-player, will be joining us at 9.30 uh, to tell us, uh, from a player's point of view, what it's like on transfer deadline days. Um, and at 9.45, we're going to be joined by Owen Palmer-Tompkinson, uh, who works for BBC Radio Leicester. And he will be yeah. telling us what it's like from the media side on um, transfer deadline day and how, how, how the media react to it. Um, 10 o'clock, we've got Paul Reed. Another ex-player uh, coming on and telling us um, about, about being transferred. And at 10.15, Barry Pierpoint himself, again, the chief executive, who, love him or hate him, you cannot argue with the success and the money he brought into the club, as well as, obviously, the carling stand, for those of us that are old enough to remember it, which includes you, Brad. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's how you said that. <laughs> right, mate. Okay, I'm going to let you go off and 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 order your um order your uh, blades. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Yes, and I'd like to say it will probably be a closer shave than it was today. We're lost. Never mind, Brad. Thanks so much, mate. I'll see you Monday night. Yeah, see you guys. See you guys Monday night. Cheers. <laughs> So thanks a lot to Brad, as always, very, very knowledgeable. And he pays me to say that every time. We're we'll back straight after this. Leicester Till I Die podcasts on the Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Anchor, and all podcast platforms. Yeah, remember, you can pick us up on that if you want to listen to the show again rather than watch us. And I really don't blame you if you do. So, like I say, 6.30 on uh, Monday, we'll fit in the Opposition View show. Emilio from Fulham, um, I'm sure he'll be sort of extremely happy after what happened the last time we, we played. We'll be having a chat with him about that. We will be um, back then at quarter to nine, me and Brad and all the guests uh, popping on for a quick 10 minutes here and there. And we would like, we'd love you to come on as well. You can come on at any time. Just send us a message saying in the chat saying, please, can I come on? We can send you the link and you can join us and let us know how you think Leicester's transfer window is going. It's going to be a long day for me tomorrow because I've got to be up at nine to see if we do start signing anybody because knowing me, I'll probably still be in bed and it'll all happen. Thanks very much for watching, guys. Bad day at the office today. We're still in third. Let's be honest with you. Things ain't all that bad. It could be worse. One loss. We're going to be back next week. We're going to get six points off Fulham and Wolves. Hope you well. Stay safe. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for all your comments. Uh, it wouldn't be worth doing without you. Take care, and um, we'll see you, like I say, tomorrow at 6.30 with Emilio, the Fulham fan. Leicester Till I Die podcasts on the Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Anchor, and all podcast platforms. Thanks for watching Leicester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. Podcast Network.
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.